Hello everyone and welcome to the Theatre Pitch Podcast. My name is Jem, this is Sean. Hello Gemma. And this is Joe. Hey everybody, how's it going? And this is the podcast uh, sorry, where Jem, each episode... <laughs> oh, okay. How is everybody? How y'all doing today? I'm good? really good. I'm really good. Um, so <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> yeah, well, this is the podcast where each episode we take a random online encyclopedia article and all three of us come up with a pitch of how we turn it into a theatre show. And at the end of the episode, we will smush those ideas together. So, this week's article is... I bet we won't this week. <laughs> <laughs> I'm genuinely concerned this week. Joe, what is this article? This week we're talking about Braille. Braille is a tactile writing system used by people who are visually impaired. It is traditionally written with embossed paper. Braille users can read computer screens and other electronic supports using refreshable Braille displays. They can write Braille with the original slate and stylus, or type it on a Braille writer, such as a portable note-taker or a computer that prints with an embosser. It is also named after its creator, the Frenchman Louis Braille. There you go. I was very, very excited about this last week when we found out what it was because my ideas head got on and was brimming with ideas. And then I realised that touching people is not necessarily okay, especially these days. Well, it depends on the context, Gemma, uh, and whether yeah, there's consent. I, re- I really feel like, yeah, Gem, um, I don't, I did not realise Sean and I would have to be the ones to explain to you that no means no. <laughs> I no, I know no means no, which is why I was like, oh, it's so excited for oh, touching tactile things, and then my brain went, oh no, you can't touch anything. Also, How did you guys find it? Um, I, I I sort of had a similar mindset of gem, but it was more like, oh, I'm not going to be touching people. It was more that like storytelling is probably not done best through touch. That was sort of like, I didn't think about like, oh, I want to touch people, blah, 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 what Jen was thinking. I was more just thinking, hmm, how can I tell a theatrical performance with Braille and touch? And yeah, that it was it was very difficult. This, this is just the consequences for me of, of, of lockdown is I haven't seen people and I'm a very extroverted person person. And so I got too excited. Joe, how did you find it? See, I didn't actually find coming up with an idea for this too hard. Partially because, as always, I only really have half an idea. The idea will probably come to me during the pitch. Um, But the thing that actually worried me about this week's one was, you know, I'm under no suspicions that my role within this podcast is I'm kind of within the traditional comedy trio setup. I'm the asshole. (laughs) I, I am the one here who's kind of here to occasionally just be slightly annoying for comedic effect. And I thought to myself, this is really one where you're going to have to tread lightly, Joe, so as not to be actually offensive. Joe, can I ask you what you think uh, mine and Gemma's role in the trio is? Um, yeah. Sure. Uh, Gem is the comedic foil. She's the one that um, it's funny that um, the bad stuff happens to her and that we make fun of. Um, can can I can I change that from uh, comedic foil to the straight man? Uh, 
because um, sorry Jem it's 2021 the straight person Jem it's still go. 2021 you don't want to suggest that the you don't want to suggest that straight people can't be funny I'm not the one suggesting it Joe you are you've just basically said it everyone knows that the straight man role is the one provided for the person who's not as funny and to be honest, the straight man is, is incredibly funny. They are the facilitator of comedy, and I think that's what I do. What do, What is Sean in your mind? Um, Sean is Sean. <laughs> Sean, is, Sean is an unquantifiable um, amorphous form outside of space and time. So I'm the wild card. <laughs> Sean is the wild card. <laughs> Well, I enjoy that because I know my pitch, I'm genuinely nervous about my pitch because I have actually got a fun idea, which just makes me so anxious because I'm like, that's not, that's not what I do. That's what you guys do. And I feel like I'm going to pitch exactly what you guys are going to pitch. Well, then you should go so... first then to say, to say you got in there first then. You should go like, oh, I came up with that first, guys. Yeah. I'm so anxious because I'm not even like. If you've genuinely done something fun. fun, if you've genuinely done something fun, and you're worried that one of us has done it, you need to go first, Gem. This is we have been waiting. I I, I want to say months, but it's probably years for this moment. So go. I know, but it's but it's also it's something that I would find fun, and I like museums and stuff. Gem, we just want to check first. Because we know your idea of fun. You're not going to strap a, a grail computer to a dog, are you? <laughs> There's a joke there that I'm not going near. Um, <laughs> no, no, I'm not strapping any GoPros to anybody or anything, uh, to the best of my knowledge. Um, no, okay, I'll go first. So, I believe in you, I... Jen. Joe, believe with me. Hey, Jem, we believe in you. And also, don't worry. I can promise you that by normal standards, this is one of my less depressing ideas. I do so. I do feel like I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a step closer to being a fairy in Neverland right now with you two. <laughs> I do believe in Jem. I do. I do. Okay, so my idea is um, I am pitching today for Braille. I am pitching a farce in the dark. So, I, when I was reading the article, one of the things that I, was, I found genuinely, genuinely amusing was the idea that Braille finds its origins in this night language, the, the, the night text, uh, which essentially was the military uh, wanting to find a way to communicate amongst themselves with no sound and in the dark. And so they created this uh, predecessor to Braille, which they eventually kind of turned around and said, that's a bad idea, and chucked it, off, uh, chucked it away. And then Louis Braille found it and adapted it and made it better and, and formed Braille, uh, which is life-changing. Um, and it genuinely amused me at this idea that you've got these, these, these commanders in the military who are trying to solve a problem and they're just throwing random inventions at it. Uh, so my pitch would be a show where the audience go into the space. It is, the, it is, it is then 
turned dark because moving in the dark, if you're not used to it, it's not great. But the performance is all in the dark. It is narrated by somebody. So you're bringing in that audio description uh, for people who are blind as well. And also everybody will be blind because it'll be dark. Uh, so that, that sort of Terry Pratchett-like audio description over this story of this commander um, and these military heads who are trying any and everything to solve these 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 little problems of war. Uh, I kind of see them being quite Dogbury-esque characters. Uh, so they, they are full farcical characters. Um, if you've seen uh, the play that goes wrong and how they handle audience interaction, where they are aware of the audience and they're aware of the narrator and there's a little bit of banter throughout it in that kind of way. I very much envision that. Uh, I'd love to work with people who uh, are have got sight difficulties to kind of bring in some of the humour that is, is in Jokey because uh, I did sit and think, okay, well, what, what would I want out of a performance if I could not see it? Um, and I kind of thought as well that everybody in their little seat could also get um, something that's quite tactile, that uh, sort of like where you'd have a, 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 a table tray come down on a train or an airplane or, or an old fashioned desk but it's, it's tactile so that you can interact with the performance as well. So that's kind of what I wanted to do. I wanted it to be funny. I wanted it to be tactile and somewhat, not immersive, but somewhat uh, interactive. Uh, but it's a Terry Pratchett voiced, or at least styled, farce about war in the dark. Uh, so it's kind of, it's more of an audio play, but performed live on stage then? Well, it's, it's, it's taking place in the dark. So it's, yeah. it's all, it's these guys coming to the commander in the dark with a way to solve the problem of the dark and solve the problem of communicating in the dark. And so it's, it's these moments where you play it around in that kind of, in that kind of way. Does that make sense? So your story, it's about like the origin origin of Braille. It's not about using touch. It's about the ori it's it's the it's the prequel yeah, prequel this, of Braille. The the story is the prequel prequel of Braille. Uh but it 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 it, it, it it's it's blinding the audience and then giving them something to touch whilst listening to um, What are they touching? Well, one of the things that they could, you know, you introduce this idea of, well, we've created this this language where you can feel the language. And one of the, the one of the things that I was very prominent in this article that really got me thinking on a less fun note was to learn Braille, you kind of got to start early and it's quite difficult to learn Braille, as with any language, later in life. So to take it back to these the, the 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 military these guys are just being handed this thing that's a complex um that's a very complex language to feel along it and it's kind of you know morse code takes a while to get used to and 
so and i was very much trying to think about okay so you could also be using a little bit of morse code in the show as well because that can be something that came across because that's also auditory rather than uh, a visual based communication as well so really digging into these ideas of how do we communicate in the dark uh, but framed within this story of these commanders trying to solve war in the dark. But, you know, so, yeah. So your idea of fun is touching army officers in the dark? Always. Okay. It's Magic Mike too. <laughs> the war years. The war years. Who doesn't want to do that? Joe, any, any, when Jem said, oh, I want to go first because you guys might have this idea as well. I was not expecting well, what no, Jem I just said. I don't think she said in case we had this idea as well. It was kind of more, I think, in case, like, she went after us and we'd done, like, serious, thoughtful meditations on something. And then she came in and pitched, um, yeah, that. I get it. No, I, I genuinely thought you guys were going to do something fun and farcical as well. I thought we were going to touch army men in the dark as well. Why do you... Jeb, we've been very clear on this. Sean and I are both pro-consent and anti-military. I am pro-consent as well. Oh, we could have... Oh, you know what we could have done? You know, it'd be really funny, Joe. If, you, if it turns out yours is the same show, but it's the Navy, and then mine's the Air Force. <laughs> we cover all bases. <laughs> We get yeah, everyone. Mine. <laughs> um, Mine's actually to do with the military police. Um, it's a specific thing. Can I? I've got a few questions of staging. So, yeah. Do you do you go into the room and it's already dark, or do you go into the room and it's light? You take your seat and then it goes dark. You go into the room and um, it's light, and then when you've taken your seat, it goes dark. Just because for sighted people, it will present a really bad. Um, health and safety issue yeah. for to enter the room in the in the dark. Are they sat? I'm guessing because they're touching things. Are they sat like round tables, or are they in like um like lecture hall sort of things? So like they're they're in like your traditional like theatre thing, but there's a the wee table in front of them. Yeah, I thought more sort of lecture hall or those lecture halls where you've got the individual little tables that swing out or clip into place in front of you. Uh, so then you can have um, ins installs onto that table of embossed things so that you've got your raised braille uh, as well as your uh, and then various other things. Because um, one of the uh, one of the things that we used to do with uh, when I worked in museums is we explored the idea of not only including Braille, but also because Braille is, is being used less and less and less, um, using raised engravings of the art pieces that we had on the wall so that it's a visual medium, but you can feel it because you can feel the grooves and you can, and a lot of um, places with faces do it as well when you take the, the actual mask of a face. Um, so that you can feel what that that face looks like. Um, so really engaging with these tactile things. Because one of the, on the less fun note, one of the things I really wanted to do is highlight to sighted people the difficulties of engaging with theatre and engaging with art when you you don't have functioning eyes. Um, but then, yeah, you know, one of the big things that I 
I struggled to come to this idea because I was really hooked up on kind of saying, I really want to go through all of our pitches and figure out how we could make them more accessible. Uh, and this article really made me genuinely uh, commit to this idea of making things that we create really, really accessible because we make fun stuff. And, you know, something like your eyeballs or your eardrums shouldn't be the thing that stops you from engaging with something that's fun. Well, I think that's a reason why, um, to go back to most of my series one pitches, it was great that I continually just used um, black stage and scaffolding, because uh, quite frankly, you, you 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 don't need to see it. It's it's quite <laughs> it's quite feasible. You could be like, yeah, I can imagine that, and you know what? I don't need to see it. I can just listen. Fair enough. It's. It's, this was uh, the sort of joke I was thinking to myself, try not to make this joke, Joe, and then, nope, still made it. I hate, I hate that <laughs> sense of, like, oh, we'll use scaffolding because we want layers. Like, yeah. no, no, it's it's no. ugly. It's so no, ugly. It's meant to show a lack Joe. of imagination, Sean. It's intentional. <laughs> Joe, you're, you're triggering Sean. I'm not Sean, triggered. is there any questions about, about, about the farcical in the dark? <laughs> Um, I do have one question, Jim. Yeah? Farces are normally quite heavy on the kind of, like, physical comedy and slapstick a lot of the time, from what I understand. Mm -hmm. So how are you going to try and make that translate to a non-visual performance? So audio slapstick is one of them, but also that narrator comes in key. That narrator who continuously aggravates the commander because he's aware of it and he's sitting there going you have to be quiet um but this narrator is is damned determined to make sure that people who can't see what's going on know what's going on okay yeah yes Joe. sean any more questions i have none i'm not sure i'm not sure yeah um it's a show it's it's i'm sure it would do well it could you you definitely do it would definitely work in a lecture theatre because I don't know if you guys have been in one recently but they have no windows like most of the modern ones have zero windows so you ain't got to worry about light. Oh, that's tr- um, that's true. Yeah, no windows. Ooh, ooh. Because it's because you shouldn't be looking outside. You should be looking at the person at the front and learning. There's a window at the like, front like- and it's a window to knowledge. I like I like learning, but that still feels very prisony. Joe. Sean. Who wants to go next? Sean. Sean should go next. Well, I'll go apparently, next. Sean, you're going next. Apparently, I am. Um, Which is a shame, as I have no idea I really want to talk about, but I can wait. Um. Okay, so I'll run you through my thinking first. So, obviously, so my my whole thing this week has been like, well, how can how can we incorporate bra- braille into theatre? How can it be useful in performance? How can how can people who can't see or can't see well, you know, how can they interact with performance? Because if you think like if you think of so much, so much is visual on stage. You think of dance, mm. dance. So like straight away, I thought, oh, could I do like a dance? Straight, that's gone. That's gone. Took that out straight away because. You know, dance is, it's all, you know, there's music, but it's all visual. It's all the important bit. So dance is gone. So next I was thinking, okay, 
So what what have I done? What have I done in the past? I was like, oh, what about immersive? Could something be done with immersive where they're touching their way through? But then I thought, what blind person is going to go to an immersive show when like one of the big aspects of it is like the you know the set that you're in, you, you're in the environment that you're enclosed. It's like it's it's such it's such a it's such a waste for them because it's. Because, like, half of the show is, like, you're involved in this environment. Because I was thinking, like, oh, what what if I used Braille on, like, the side of the wall that sort of says, like, oh, go this way. But then I just thought, like, it's just, it's, it, it'll be a gimmick and it won't actually be, it won't actually be useful. They won't, in, you know, yeah. they won't be able to engage in the show in a, in a useful way. So I was, so I had a look, I went online and I had a look, like... How, how, like, how do disabled people, how do blind people, in particularly, you know, watch theatre? Um, so obviously you you get you get to the bit where the, the main one is they get um, and it's the same with the cinemas. Because when I worked in the cinema, I know that you have this. You get a headset and it's synced up with like the performance, and it and basically they. It says like, oh, these are the audio cues. It gives you the audio visuals, but it's like, it's half of the thing. It's like this car crashes, but it's like, yeah, but you miss the whole, you miss the or like the um, the human interaction. You know, you know what they say like, is it like ninety percent of like human communication isn't verbal? Is it, there's some bullshit like that, isn't there? So I was thinking. They get told what the visual is, but like you don't really get told what the visual means. Like what 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 is that person? Why is that person sighing? Like is that you know? You don't get the the, the sort of maybe the context is lost. So this is where my idea comes, right? And it's more of a it's more of a um. It's not really a show like Gemma's. It's more of a it's more of like an add-on to shows. So, you know where in the article it says there is, like, computer devices and, like, um, refreshable Braille services? Yeah. Yeah, I'm just checking. Like That was definitely a thing, you guys. I've made this whole thing up. So, my idea is this. that and it, and it also came. This is crazy how it came. So, there's a comic book writer called Ryan North. Yeah? Okay. And his... His probably most recent one is he, he he ripped the entire run of the unbeatable Squirrel Girl, right? Now he's done this at most of his comics. At the bottom of every page, there's like a little center. Hang on, let's see if I've got it. Right. So there's there'll be like a little sentence. Can we see that, guys, on the bottom? For everybody how good's, who is how not listening. You can see that little text at the bottom. So, like, at the bottom of the page, he's left, like, a little message for the the audience, whether that's, like, a message from him or it's a message that the character is thinking it. The one that I think off the top of my head is that there was, like, a uh, panels and it was just, like, really... It was insects and it zoomed in on a cockroach. And at the bottom, he's like, I'm really sorry... But Erica, who's the artist, it says, I'm really sorry, but Erica really wanted to draw a cockroach this week. And it's like stuff like <laughs> that where he's giving extra stuff. So my idea is that um, you get to like the blind person, 
watching the performance will get the the headset. But what they'll also get is like this sort of like tablet sort of thing. And at each bit, the tablet's just going to, you know, you just you put it on your lap and it's, it's just going to give like every scene or something, your key moment. It's just going to do like a little vibrate and it's just going to like, oh, alert. And then like it will refresh and it will be like um, notes from like the director or like, oh, and I was thinking this should be done with Shakespeare because I was thinking like I need a performance that's very audio heavy, that's very descriptive. And I think a lot of Shakespeare, mm-hmm. they, they say a lot of what they're doing. Like Iago, for instance, from Othello, he's very yeah. much, I'm going to be a dick. And then he'll turn to the audience and go, I'm being a dick. And then he'll carry on carrying on being like doing his scheme. Now, what happens if like at that point, like he's exp- and then like the person will also get like the context of like this. They're having an interaction with a character. But then on the on the tablet, it will say the character is being like this because they want to achieve this. So it's sort of like, you know, you know how in Brechtian where he's like, you watch your character's objective for the scene. This you're sort of getting that information. So if there's anything, if there's any subtext that you know that there's an auto like a visual cue from like the way the character's being acted that a blind person isn't going to see, they're going to get that now with the tablet. And that's sort of my idea. It's 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 a it's a tablet with braille that's going to give like disabled people who can read braille like extras they're going to give them like little little bits like what's the character thinking why why are they doing that and that's that's my idea it's a tablet that you can read braille on and it's going to give you some extra stuff does that make sense because it makes perfect sense in my head but i'm not sure it, it it no it it does it does make sense it definitely makes sense um and I'm really glad that I decided to try and find a, a, an idea based in in story because I was going to essentially just sit and go this is how we can make performance more accessible uh so well, yeah, we that's swap, exactly we what my thing was this... yeah. that's exactly what um, my thing was Sean, yes can I ask one question about I don't know whether this is just a coincidence but with you mentioning both Shakespeare and Ryan North. Okay. Have you ever read his book, Romeo and or Juliet? I haven't got round to it. I know he's done it. It's, yeah. Uh, yeah, basically, Gem, and for the audience at home, if you don't know, Romeo and or Juliet is Ryan North wrote a choose-your-own-adventure novel based around Romeo and Juliet. Oh, that's cool. So you can follow the plot as you want it. You can also decide that the characters don't get together. They can also travel Ooh. in time and fight dinosaurs. There are basically limitless possibilities. Well, there aren't limitless. There are possibilities That's wonderful. Out, however many there are in the book. But That's wonderful. It's, it's a brilliant piece of kind of like kind of like meta-narrative about basically being like write your own thing from Shakespeare while also paying very good homage to the actual writing where it mm. keeps it all within style but without it kind of being... You know, sometimes you get things and it almost seems quite smug in the way it will be like, Yes, I'm writing in blank verse. Forsooth, and we did find ourselves upon that field. Kind of just <laughs> nonsense yeah. like that. It's actually really good. But sorry. That's cool. Enough time talking Thanks. about someone else's book and not Sean's bitch. You know what I also just thought? 
You know, you know, in Go Shakespeare on. books, you also have like on the left-hand page, it will say sort of like this word means this. I can have that on my Braille tablet as yeah. well. Oh yeah. So my 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 big concern with the idea of it bringing extras is that runs the risk of in the way that you deliver it that runs the risk of breaking any kind of immersion in the in the story and in what's in what's going on on stage it could act as a distraction rather than an addition i'd wonder if you would package it as a you can have the additional comments section or um, I was looking into how those tablets work, and they're the, unfortunately their their cost benefit doesn't um, mean that they are widely available, uh, because not many people read Braille anymore. It's about one in ten people read Braille now um, who are visually impaired, uh, and the the tablets are incredibly difficult and expensive to produce, but. The way that they work, in theory, you could potentially start messing around with act like where um, art museums are installing raised embossed versions of the um, paintings so that you can sort of envision this face. Uh, you know, one of the big things with theatre is is the visuals and there are lots of things even in Shakespeare where it talks about the beauty of somebody you could possibly work to use that tablet and its technology to raise up a face rather than just additional text because I really really like the idea um and I think there is there's a lot more to be said about audio descriptions when they're done properly they are really good. They read like an audiobook. Um, you know, they 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 are very very quite descriptive, uh, in 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 what they're doing. If they're done badly, they're they're done badly, and they don't add anything, and they they don't really facilitate other than going. Henry is mad. Um, Henry throws table across, kitchen. You know. Um. So, uh, I really like the idea. And I like where you're thinking about using technology to increase accessibility. And I think it's something that as theatres and as the theatre industry work to be more inclusive, I think being more inclusive of people who have existing disabilities and things that we've, we've, we've been trying to be, de be dealing with for years we should be trying to facilitate that as well. Uh, it's one of the things I'm really like excited about the fact that we've now started doing things at home and uh, it's because it raises that level of accessibility. So yeah, I like the idea. I just think you can push it further. Okay. I did wonder what Sean's response was going to be to that. My bet was for just K, but he went one letter further. Accessibility is my big thing. Like making in inclusivity and accessibility is my big thing. Just putting so your comic book. Back. You, you, <laughs> is it? You, no, you, you interest, bought something. Jam, that how I'm... long has this been your big thing? Because I thought your big thing before was history. I thought it was space. <laughs> <laughs> No, my yeah, cause, sure my cause. I thought you said the other week your thing was Greek myths. 
I'd love my cause to be Greek myths. Then Choose I could have more of an excuse to just lounge around, eat grapes and drink wine. But no, no, my big cause is accessibility and inclusivity. And I really, really do like the idea. I just think you can push it a lot further rather than just adding more text to be consumed. I think you can push it and push the technology further so that it's adding to life in, in, in more of a way so that it kind of forces technology to keep up with our needs. Okay. So, um, do you want me just to move on to my pitch? Or? Yeah, unless you've got questions. Um, no, I kind of like the idea of it, so I, I don't really have any questions. Thank you, Joe. It's a good invention, isn't um, it, Joe? Yeah. So, uh... I did not say it wasn't a good invention. I said it was a very good invention. So, so yeah, basically... A bit of um, preface for this. The other day I was watching the currently Oscar-nominated film Sound of Metal, which, for anyone who doesn't know, is about um, a drummer in a kind of punk metal band who starts to lose his hearing. And um, I won't say anything more from there, just in case anyone wants to watch the film. Spoiler Cause, alert! Because, yeah, that's all. this is all covered within the first about ten minutes, what I've said. So, yeah you will be able to fully enjoy the film on the basis of that. Um, but one of the fascinating things that the film does is at various points early on, it, I felt like the film, I wasn't fully connecting with it because it seemed almost oddly remote. And then the more I started thinking about it, I was realising actually, I'm pretty sure that was the intention of it because really the film is located within the main character's head. And at various times you are hearing what he's almost hearing the sound design is done so the sound you're hearing is from his point of view of having less than 10 percent of his hearing left and i realized that kind of that feeling of remoteness almost felt like it was putting you in his position of a world that was once fully available to him is now quickly becoming more limited and my thinking was about how you see in the article, it mentions that uh, it's much easier at times for people, the younger they are when this happens, kind of to adapt to these situations, especially if this is something they haven't known. But that the older you get, the harder it becomes to adapt to things if you lose your sight. And so I wanted to kind of play on this by also bring in something of a pain to, I want to kind of tell a story where most of the actual performance is contained within the programme. I want to have the programme build out a braille and it contain a lot of the actual story within it. So that the thing is, as it's going along, you start to, uh, you get the, you get like a VR type headset thing. So you put that on, it's in. It's not something to be experienced at home because the idea is to experience this performance in a public space, in a theatre, when you know other people are there, but you can't currently see or hear them so that they feel as remote and far away as it might be if you just recently lost one of your senses. And from there, the story is all hidden there within this text. 
that's in front of you, but only slowly are you actually taught how to read it so that you're you're kind of it's less of a theatrical performance in the traditional sense more a more a joint experience in a public space but the idea being that people are kind of slowly beginning to grasp what it is that's in front of them what the story is that reading and it could be something as simple as like you know it could be a classic tale that everyone knows i know something it could be romeo and juliet it could be anything um but the idea being more that the medium is about how you got this thing that is almost positioned to you as not kind of someone saying you know kind of this isn't a disability in the sense that it doesn't make you necessarily disabled but that this is a handicap that can be overcome to an extent not that it um is something that can ever be fully just eradicated but that it can be overcome and there can be ways to experience something in a different way um while also playing on these notions of kind of proximity and distance any questions i really like that what public space um well i'm glad you asked sean um (laughs) because see there is um a group of um performers who are called ramps on the moon and they are um, a theatre company who aim to really normalise and increase the presence of deaf and disabled people on and off the stage. And they Amazing. do performances in Birmingham, Leeds, Nottingham, London and Sheffield. But also their and where we will also be starting this is at the New Wolsey Theatre in Ipswich. Okay. Okay. Ipswich. Yeah. Just getting all over Britain, you are. Well, you know, I the, I like to give them a local theatre um, showcase, um, a nicer taste of the entire country. I have one question. Okay. So, a lot of the story, a lot of the plot is sort of like gated behind Braille. Yeah. In this in this program. So it's for only people who can speak, well, not speak, read Braille. Well, the idea is that potentially within it, what we do is we present a simplified version of Braille that um, you, uh, that essentially the headset is slowly explaining to you what various kind of indentations and embossments mean upon the page. So it's kind of like you're you're picking up individual letters and words as it goes along so that you can kind of slowly start to piece together what it is. And it can just be kind of even one page of writing. It could even just be a very short story. But it's just something more about the experience of going from having no understanding of something to a complete understanding of what's on the page or even only a partial one but about the, not so much about the words, but about the notion of discovering the meaning of the words. Okay. Yeah, I like that. I like that bit. Yeah. I think it'll highlight a lot of things and teach people a few other things. I like it. 
Yeah. And it's in Ipswich. And it's in Ipswich. And it's in Ipswich. And because I realised I haven't really done this enough this series, I've decided instead, actually, that the thing that's in um, the Simplified Braille is just going to be a pamphlet instructing you on how to work out what union you should join. Oh, um, I knew something political was oh, coming. Oh, no, we were... We were so close. I was. We were so I was close. in my head. I was trying to. End of the series. I was trying to work out who the MP for Ipswich is. I was like, oh, how's he going? <laughs> right. Okay. Jen. Right. On that note, let's, let's cu- cut to the smush. So to cut to the smush, we have um, we've got two kind of conceptual pieces involving uses of technology, and one fast in the dark. I was about to say a dark fast, and then I realised it's not a dark fast, it's a fast in the dark. I am so disorientated by everybody's pictures this this week. We've completely swapped roles. Um, Okay, how Um, do we smush? Well, I feel like, um, fundamentally... I think you could I'm just link saying words until something comes. I to think me. you could link Gemma's and Joe's together. I think I think yours can link I think there could be I think mine is just like an add-on to a show where it's just like it's it's a thing. You get you get this tablet when you get the headphones. But yours it could work they could work in tangent. Yeah, I feel like fundamentally this could be an easy smush considering Jem's the only one who's actually pitched a show really out of the three of us. Sean and I have both pitched new different ways of experimenting with kind of like how shows are presented. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to point out, I'm going to point out because you guys made such a fuss out of it. The one time I didn't apparently pitch a show. <laughs> I, I Neither of you out, pitched though, a show to. Neither of us claimed to pitch shows. <laughs> You you tried to argue that what you were pitching was theatre. We thoroughly admitted it's not. It, no, it can be theatre. Stop bringing up the GoPro think... dog. The GoPro dog is the GoPro... still not theatre, and you will never be able to convince me otherwise. Um... I I just wait. I will. I, when I can get a dog, I am going to strap a GoPro to the dog, and then you you are going to. 100% realise how, how, how brilliant that idea is. Yeah. The second you do um, that, this podcast is going to get reported. <laughs> so, My uh, TikTok account's going to blow up. How, how about this? We just combine them by having um, your um, your um, kind of <laughs> version gem of I, your I, 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 okay. in the dark is done as a kind of like silent disco experience so that they've got the headsets on which is where they're hearing what is happening but also yeah. at the same time there are occasional little things where people might be able to make out the actors in front of them if they are a sighted person but also there are little kind of fun easter eggs like Sean said in this kind of thing in front of them in braille so that people who don't have sight also get a fun kind of additional thing that people who are sighted don't. Uh, yeah, I think we take my show and we use the methodology of your show, Joe, to present the the story within, within my show and yeah. it's facilitated by Sean's technology. Yeah, I, I like that. 
<laughs> Making me sound like Tony Stark. <laughs> yeah. This is all possible because of Sean's technology. Yeah, this I is, thought this I is the that. other way of positioning this is um, that kind of Sean's the uh, Iron Man of this team, kind of funding it with his um, charisma with and his inventiveness. Jem is the Captain America trying to keep <laughs> us on the right course. And I'm the Hulk, who's occasionally providing good ideas, then will randomly get angry and just smash everything. I think you're far more Loki, because I think you know exactly what you're doing most of the time, Joe. I don't believe you're as innocent as the Hulk. Yeah, but Jem, weren't you watching? That's the secret. The Hulk is always angry. No, but the Hulk the Hulk will still be quite innocent and sweet. Um, whereas I think you are always looking for anarchy, aka Loki. Okay, but thank well, you for calling me that, Captain um, America. With that low-key finish to this, um, Sean? No! Am I right in saying that uh, after we've had a pitch for a dark farce with more inclusive technology and new ways of experiencing it, that uh, next week we've got another kind of experimental approach wow. to this podcast happening, don't we? Wow, Joe. Ooh, you're segue! So, you're so, he's on it. He's on it. Maybe he should present season three who knows who knows jim um yeah so like this is this is we're almost at the end guys so like last season if if you if you uh if you're still on board from this as the last episode we thought we would do i I thought it worked really well last season so we're going to do it again so basically what we're going to do is next episode is free smushes from each of us we're all going to be designated free random articles from this season and our goal is for this week is to smush the free together and make a show and present them next week now the way we do that is i have the list of all the ones can you see the list don't look at the Ooh, numbers it's next printed to it. off you can see the numbers yep yep it's printed because i was going to write it but then i thought i could just copy and paste it from the list that I've already kept from all, yeah. So it was a lot. Yeah. It it makes me look more professional, but it was a lot quicker. So I've given them all random numbers, <laughs> and what you have to do is this, Gemma. You have to give free numbers for Joe. Joe, you have to give free numbers for Gemma, and in between the two of you, you have to then give free numbers for me. Mm. And obviously, okay. you can what see that. What are the numbers between? One and fourteen. Okay. <laughs> Did you think the numbers were between? We've done 14 episodes. I don't know. You could have randomised them. I'm not going to start at like 12, am I? Right. So... Uh, so, so, hold on, hold on. Just so that I can know how I can cheat to give to give you a hard, a hard um. You can't hard cheat. One. You can't cheat. You can't cheat because he hasn't assigned them based on order. Yeah, he's they're not in the order. They're not in the order that so we've done the show. So fourteen isn't braille. You can't just think about yourself. Ooh, I really liked Flag of Chicago. I'm giving myself one. one. <laughs> That's not how it works, Gemma. Right. Okay. So Joe, I was double checking. Joe, you can go first. You have right. to give Gemma so three am I, numbers. Am I right in saying, Sean, just check, are we doing numbers now? Then you're going to go away and work out what the results are. Um, or yeah. are we going to yeah. do it all in one go? We'll do, we'll do that. We'll do that. So there's some suspense while someone's saying, yeah. here's where our Instagram is. 
and, and everyone's going to be like, everyone's going to be like, I already follow him on Instagram. I want to know who's got the flag of Chicago. Or if anyone. Ah, come on. I'm so case, nervous. Sean, I, I... Yes? I'm just going to go for 4, 9, and 13 for Jen. Okay. You know what I realised I should have done? That would have been better. If I'd done them in the, the random order of what I've done. It's a, I've got to find four. Okay. So four. Yeah. <laughs> what of what were the other numbers? This is so smooth. Four, nine, and 13. Purely because four and nine add up to 13. And yes, Ooh, I know I like eight it. and five and seven and six also add up to 13. Do not point that out. Gemma's and not ten gonna... and three. Shut okay. up. Okay. Okay. Gemma. You have to give me Joe's numbers. Two, seven, and eight. Two, seven. I feel like I'm in a bingo hall. And eight. Oh, Joe's got one of the ones I wanted. Okay. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> and so... then between you, Express. between you two, you have to give me three numbers. Gem. Twelve. I'm feeling kind, so yeah, you can go first and third. I'll go second. Okay. 12. Yep. 5. 5. Where's 5? Oh, you bastard. Okay. 1. I'm going to give you number 1, Sean. Are you sure? Yeah. Are you sure you want to give me number 1? Are you sure you don't want to give Am me I 11? Sure? No, we won't. to make it two ones. One. Are you sure you want to give me 1? Single 1. I think it's Joe's decision because I picked the number. Now, I think Sean wants one. I don't know. Um, I, I, I'm i stuck between oh, wanting to be kind. Gem's, Gem's changing her mind. Uh, sorry, you just said it was my decision. He's having one. Fuck. Okay. Who wants to do the Instagram this week while I work out what people have got? <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. I'll take it this week. So, if you want to find OFITD wherever you are going on the internet, you can do so at OFITD underscore arts on Twitter and Facebook, or OFITD on Twitter. Twitter? Instagram. Wow, really, you should be doing this, John. Um, it's not easy, <laughs> is it? <laughs> um, but also, if you want to find me on there, you can find me at NotJoeRanchka, that's N-O-T-J-O-E-R-A-C-Z-K-A, and... Hopefully by the time this episode comes out, I've got around to making one of them link trees that lists all the other things I'm doing. So I'm not just going to list them now. Just go to my Twitter and you might find something there. Um, Gem, where can we find you? You can find me at OFITD underscore Gem or at Happiness Anonymous Show. And... If you want to see me be vulnerable and have a breakdown online. Wait, sorry, I thought that's what they came here for. No, this is me together. Hey, Sean, where can we find you? You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at stillshawneyb. Oh, and... So, so succinct. Yeah, I got it. Oh, no. So, are we ready? Before you do, can I ask, what was number 11? Warwick Castle. (laughs) (laughs) Really wanted Warwick Castle. Really, really wanted it. Oh, I'm sorry. You know, like you know, like when they do the FA Cup draw and like the numbers come out and you're like, oh, oh, Preston North End. Okay, yeah, come on, come on, come on. And like they get Manchester City and then like you're watching it and then like Manchester United comes out and you're like, no, no, no. And then Liverpool comes out with that. That's how I felt then. I was like, oh, pick 
So every time you guys missed it, I was like, okay, okay, we're getting there, we're getting there, we're getting there. And then yeah. you just didn't pick it. Whew. So... I, okay, so Gemma, what you will be doing next yeah. week is Irving Kane Pond. Okay. Popeye Village. Brilliant. And this is the one where I imagine Gem will not be happy with you, Joe. Braille. <laughs> yeah. I've got to be honest, I really thought you were going to say Maya. So Gemma's going to be touching Popeye in the dark. Touching Popeye in the dark while he does a backflip. With- yeah, with with social politics in the underground. <laughs> now, Joe. Yeah. Which out of all of them, which one wouldn't you have wanted? Um, I'm going to assume that finally, in terms of the arc of the series, I'm actually kind of hoping I get the opportunity to redeem myself in the eyes of catfishing. Oh, catfishing! I really wanted ever. catfishing. So, Joe, you will be doing 1960 in British radio. Nice. Intergalactic dust. Yes. And Maya. <laughs> I can work with all three of those things and I'm excited. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I will be Sean, doing what's yours? The Nelson Allen Estimator. Oh, gosh, I'm sorry. What? The... Mon- was it Montenegro Picture Company? Montecito. Montecito. I don't know. Yeah. And the Soviet helicopter carrier. Ooh. Yeah, so I didn't got, want that one. So you've got old school and um, fatalist maths on a boat. I've got maths, some films, and that boat. Yeah. So. Okay, I'm suddenly uh, feeling you know really good about my selections. You know what? I feel like there's enough to work with there that fundamentally uh, I don't know what to say at the end of this episode in terms of a bit beyond, hey, go back and listen to those episodes. Remind yourselves what we did with them before. Especially because I don't think I pitched every radio show that was on the list for 1960. So I can get around to the others in this one. Oh, fuck. Oh, I should have crossed Joe off on that one. I completely forgot about that. (laughs) Yeah, you should have fudged it. You should have fudged it. So, Joe, what you got was Intergalactic Dust, (laughs) the Chicago flag. Intergalactic (laughs) Dust, three times. Cool. No. Um, I'm genuinely looking forward to this episode because I I, I don't want to sound braggy, but I think I smashed it last last time. So, I feel like I've got a lot to live up for. Yeah. Yeah. Live up for, live up to. There we go. You you do realize, Sean, Sean, you do realize that um, Popeye Village is when I when I pitched strapping a GoPro to a dog. Yeah, so we, Gemma, we all know which one you. We all know. None I'm of us forget that. Strap a GoPro to Evan Kane Pond. And on that note, pitch out, bitches.